0: First, you think, is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. Maybe the poet is telling us your story. Catherine read to us from Joyce Sutvin. Long ago you settled on this peace of mind and made a road within yourself so the future could come and go, building in your imagination a house of possibility. This is the story of how you came to church, maybe, long ago or maybe for the first time this morning. Some of you came boldly striding in. You knew exactly what you needed and where to find it. But others, I'm guessing, came more tentatively. At first, curious, hopeful, but uncertain. Congregations are not always kind. Congregations can be dangerous. Religion can be dangerous and do terrible damage. So you came in cautiously. And God only knows what theology you'd find in here. But you did come in with your wagon load of words, as the poet says, and fragile stories packed in sawdust. And your questions and your hopes... And at some point after you'd sat here for a while, in return, you heard the church's questions posed to you. At least I hope you did, or hope you will. The church that says, welcome, friend, welcome. Will you travel with us, travel in place with us, this place, travel in time with us, honoring with us our past, conjuring with us our future? Will you live with us? into our shared hope for our own lives and for our beautiful, broken world. That's a lot, first thing on a Sunday morning for a new visitor. And yet at some point, you said yes, and you kept saying it again and again. This faith, Unitarian Universalist, Unitarian Universalist, is a house of possibility. There are no guarantees that we're ever going to properly practice the radical and saving faith that we have inherited. There are no guarantees at all that we will ever be brave enough and humble enough to practice our religion faithfully enough. But our tradition and this church within that tradition is a house of possibility, still holding with open, outstretched hands its first invitation to you. And to all who venture in here, longing. And for what? Community. Connection. Meaning. Unitarians used to say, we're here because we want intellectual stimulation. We want rational thought, reason in religion. It is so much more than that. That's so important. And it is so much more than that. What is breaking your heart right now? What is saving your life this morning? I've been a minister for many years, and at the end of the day, in the rising of the sun and in its going down, that is all that I hear people asking. Our congregations, including this one, which was founded in 1877, are planted in radical soil. They were built on a foundation of good news, the doctrine of forgiveness and grace, which was universalism in America in the 19th century. Even the Unitarian ones were built on that. There's another name for this doctrine, as we have all known for centuries, including murderous centuries when our forebears were imprisoned and tortured for their beliefs, burned by governments and churches. The name for our doctrine is heresy from the Greek meaning to choose, we choose to understand that all are saved, all are beloved, not because of what we've done or what we own or how we look or whom we love, but because of what we inherently are, which is human, which is part of the family of everything. To understand all as beloved is to undermine every kind of standing order everywhere every principality in power, and therefore it is heresy. And to acknowledge bravely human evil, our waywardness, our brokenness, the countless ways we mess up and injure and betray each other, our cruelty, our pettiness, our racism, our greed, our sinfulness, all that, and yet still trust that we might be redeemed and forgiven and made whole, Well, that is a threat to power. If you can't just dismiss people, it's a threat to power. You have to bring them back in. Universalism's early adherents believed their religion was scripturally sound, spiritually healing, profoundly democratic, and relentlessly active. It called people, it calls us to establish here on earth not the kingdom of God, not a monarchy. But a beloved community, a world in which it might be just a little easier to try to want to be good. The Universalist intention was to build and be a house of possibility. The Unitarians... For their part, including here in Iowa, in Des Moines, matched heresy with heresy, saying, What we know of truth, the little bit we think we know about what's true, is not God-given nor spoon-fed to us, but it is fired in a crucible of thought, the searing search of science, never dispelling mystery and wonder, but coaxing us ever farther into them, question upon question, brave and honest inquiry, about how this world was made, how it all works, and what our little place inside it might be. Every one of you has a homecoming story, the story of how you first came home here. And I so look forward to hearing your stories this year, if you'll share them with me. This morning though, I'm trying to picture those who came here first, very long ago, when here was actually a temperance hall downtown. They were a small band, the charter members, six men, three women, women known to us only by their husbands' names in the official record, Mrs. So-and-so. We can't know much about them. But we do know that starting a church from the ground up for the first time or for the first time again in September, it's hard work in any soil. And I believe that those people, those nine, they foresaw you, you who occupy these chairs right now, members and friends, children of the congregation. I don't think they could have done it otherwise. Not all of them maybe, but one or two strong ones in their hoop skirts, their bonnets, their britches, their suspenders, all their weird clothes. They gazed out over a very young city and the river, and the prairie beyond, and they squinted up their eyes, and they saw you coming. They foresaw a strong possibility, or else why would they do it? They could see you, and they saw that a century and a half later, something generous and life-sustaining and a little wild around the edges would still be here gaining ground. They conjured possibility, and there were things they could not see, but maybe somehow they felt it or intuited it. Twelve years out from the Civil War in the middle of the Midwest here, they could not have imagined, 88 years later, sending their minister down to Selma, Alabama, which they did. You did in 1965. Nor could the people here then, in the middle of the 1960s, imagine the fraught moment that we're in now and what you all continue to do. But those early ones readied the soil. They plowed up the ground. They planted seeds. They built and kept building the house of possibility. And what does the poet say? Making a road so the future could come, which is what congregations do when they're strong and brave and clear. Around the same time they were doing that here, another poet way back east wrote famously, I dwell in possibility. A fairer house than prose. The poetic imagination is the spiritual imagination. Those people couldn't see you, but they did. We can't know for certain that we're beloved of God or anybody not fallen, irredeemable, damnable, damned. We can't know that. We can't prove that every single living thing, including every person, including you and me on this green earth is shot through with divinity and dignity and worth. We can't know for certain anything like that, but we proclaim the possibility. We choose this unlikely but steadfast promise of reconciliation. We proclaim it and then we get busy to make it real. All around The evidence says otherwise, as you know. The bad news bleeds from the paper or spits out of your phone every morning like a recitation of biblical plagues. Environmental protections erased. Reproductive care for women and girls eviscerated. Health care for everybody and especially the poor trampled food assistance denied nuclear war once again a real and present danger assaults on uh, immigrants of all ages who unlike most of our ancestors will find no safe harbor here assaults on trans people especially and queer people generally and people of color and people with disabilities and the old and the sick and the poor the decimation of black lives the denial of science, the potential jailing of school librarians for stocking banned books, the mocking of truth. The evidence is hard against the poetic imagination, the universalist imagination, Unitarian aspiration. Cornel West, Christian Socialist reminds us, in this bleak moment, We have to inspire each other, driven by a democratic soul craft of integrity, courage, empathy, and a mature sense of history, even as it seems our democracy might be slipping away. As one whose great family and people survived and thrived through slavery, Jim Crow, and lynching, I know the neo-fascist rhetoric and predictable authoritarian reign is just another ugly moment that calls for the best of who we are and what we can do. For us in these times to even have hope is too abstract, too detached, too spectatorial. Instead, we must be a hope. We must be participants, be a force for good as we face all the catastrophe together. The work of the church is to hold those who mourn, to mark the milestones of sorrow and joy with sacrament and awe, to move through the wheel of the year and the cycles of the seasons with gratitude and gladness. The work of the church is comfort and its community, and the work of the church is as well and at the same time prophetic disruption, to speak truth to power in every language available to you. To raise the flag of conscience on the public square, to turn the economic tables, to proclaim not just in words, but in every gesture, welcome to the stranger, reverence for the living earth, liberation to the prisoner, full equality, no exceptions. That was once called the social gospel, to ask first in prayer and then out loud, what do you care about as a citizen, as a person? What commandments do you yourself live by? What are you prepared to testify to with the evidence of your day? This congregation, I know, has held these questions for a long time. When we welcome babies in our congregations, we touch them with water and a flower. And we'll save some of this water from the water communion. And if babies come... It will be part of this water, boiled up, disinfected, iodine, the whole thing. But it'll be good, scientifically treated water. Babies here, hear from the get go with their tiny, curled, beautiful ears that some things transcend our understanding utterly. There's no explaining it. The breath of life, the mystery. It's larger than any of our shortcomings, any of our sins. It longs for our wholeness, maybe more than we do, because it knows, as we generally don't, our holiness. This love longs for us to answer it by loving the world and each other. And we never say to those babies, because we don't believe in it, we absolutely don't. We dedicate you to the fires of hell unless you measure up. Or we dedicate you to judgment and damnation for the rest of your life because the stain of original sin and corruption are all over your face. (laughs) Right? We do not see that. We do not believe in it at all, nor do we dedicate them to the larger luck. Good luck. Have a good life. We speak to babies of a larger love because that's where we know we dwell. And in dedicating one child, each of them, we dedicate ourselves to all of them and to all of us. We come again and again. We say, you're beloved, not just babies who are perfect, but all of us who grow out of perfection into this. You are beloved as you are. We come to church in person or on Zoom to speak that blessing over and over and receive it. It's so easy to forget it, so hard to remember when you're discouraged, when you're depressed, when you're lonely, when your body is unwell and it is betraying you. Or your spirit is fragmented, when you're ashamed of something you've done or not done, when things fall apart, when cruelty shows its power hurting somebody you love or someone you don't even know, when the weight of the world is a crushing heaviness and it is more than you can bear, and you can't even raise your head to meet it, when you doubt the world's goodness and your own, it's really easy to forget that you're included in belovedness. Long ago, or maybe recently, You came here for the very first time, each of you. And maybe for somebody here today or somebody on Zoom, this is their very first time. The beauty of a church like this in aspiration and in reality is it does not matter when you came. There is no hierarchy of belonging based on tenure or money or rank or popularity or the number of meetings you attend or chair. There just isn't. We're all here for now. And we've all come stumbling in whenever, however, why ever we got here. Because we so need to be here. We long to be made more whole. And by our coming, by risking coming in and staying, we make a covenant with history and hope with all the ones who came before us and all who will come after. And it's important that you see them. That you squint up your eyes from time to time and just see if you can see those people coming, the ones who are not here yet, but they will be. Because nobody owns this place forever. You cherish it for a little while in your grateful hands. And then you hand it over. Here you dwell in possibility. First Unitarian exists as it has from its founding. To proclaim good news, to bind up the broken, to release from despair every prisoner of injustice and hatred, to turn the tables, make some noise, and welcome and comfort those who are mourning. You are known for it. And there have been all kinds of twists and turns in recent years. Ministers come and go, pandemic, changes within and changes out there disrupting everything we thought we knew. And some of the changes are not bad. Long ago, or not so long, you settled on this peace of mind, clearing a spot for memory, making a road so the future could come and go, building a house of possibility. And you learned how to press a thought, a dream, a promise and intention like seed into good ground. In this year that opens now, may the fruits of your planting continue abundant. May the threshold of the door, the door to belonging, stay really low. May your minds be filled with high endeavor. May you stay just and pure in heart. May there be joy in the work ahead, joy in the struggle, and grace when we stumble, which we will and may love prevail. This church, this community, this day is a house of possibility.